0: What's up, H-Town? Welcome to the Believe in Astros podcast, your home for all things Astros. Your hosts, sports writer Jeff Balky and Astros broadcaster and former third baseman Jeff Blum. Now, here's Balky and Blumper. What is up, H-Town? Welcome to episode 19 of the Believe in Astros podcast and the Believe Podcasting Network. Most importantly, playoff day. Let's freaking go. I'm Jeff Balky, my partner, of course, broadcaster and former Astro Jeff Blum. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and of course, you can watch us on YouTube. Uh, Be sure to give us a follow at Believe in Astros, B-L-E-A-V in Astros. You can find me at Jeff Balky and Blummer is at Blummer27. It is obviously going to be uh, quite an exciting few days coming up and and before we dig in just mention our sponsor football is back and bet online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season you'll find the latest odds matchup info player news and game trends and as your continued source for all sports wagering info bet online features live betting free contests live scores and giveaways all season long always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like major league baseball MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Blummer, the game starts today. This is what we all wait for all season long. Uh, are you as jacked up as I am about it? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's just unfortunate we have to wake up as early as we do to to uh, record <laughs> podcasts and do yeah. interviews and get hyped up for this thing and I mean you know make sure we have all of our gear ready like you're talking about. It's just it's crazy to me that the Astros continue to to be that stepchild in the MLB consistently and have to have that two thirty yep. start like they do in Game One, Game Two. But the fact that the Houston Astros are in the playoffs again just prove that they're dominant and uh, I'm sure the fans will show up because Minute Maid's going to be rocking I think one of the benefits and you know Mm. I don't know if it's been talked about is the fact that it is in the afternoon gives the Astros the excuse hey it's too hot outside we got to keep that roof closed and when that roof is closed that is one of the loudest ballparks in all of baseball that's one bonus
0: Oh, yeah. Businessman special. You know, uh, I will have to be doing a little bit of work today. But instead of sitting in my office, I'll be sitting in front of my TV with the laptop open, uh, doing what I need to, um, to do that. Uh, Where are you planning on watching it today? Out of curiosity? Are you gonna be at the ballpark? (laughs)
1: Well, I'm going down to the ballpark. I'm going to get done with this podcast. I'm going to do my other podcast, and then i got to head down there, and uh, I'm just going to kind of linger around uh, and get my credentials, do all the business type stuff like you said. But at about 2, man, what time is first pitch? 2.37, so I would imagine about 2.35. uh, TK and I will be on the microphone screaming play ball into that microphone to get this series going. (laughs)
0: Nice. Nice. Well, let me tell you something. 2.37, I always find it very specific. I'm like, is it two thirty seven on the dot? Will we get Will we be ten seconds late? Ten seconds early? Could it be <laughs> It's like a, it's like, come on, man. I, I will say, and I, I mentioned this before we got on, I have some gear that I've gotten my you know, yes. loaded up. I went there's just a little plug for a really cool place down called Space Montrose. It's this little shop. Uh, right down on uh, Westheimer and Dunlavy. They have cool Houston-centric type stuff. Really cool like artwork. So I picked up my Bregman candle, which I'm not probably going to light this uh, if and until they reach the World Series, at which point it will have to stay lit maybe 24-7. I've got like my it. Verlander no-hitter sticker, which is, gonna, which is obviously going to be critically important. And, of course, yep. my coaster, my Minute Maid coaster which cuz you uh, got to have a beverage. You got to have a beverage and I've got to have it something to rest on. So yeah, I'm I'm and I've got my jersey that I wore all through every for every playoffs. I'm like ready. I'm a, I'm a, and and I'll be honest, you know, I know we talked about who who we wanted to match up with, right? Yeah. Seattle makes me nervous though. And yes. uh and I think for good reason. Um you know, they have this sort of team of destiny kind of vibe. There's a lot of emotion behind them, you know, two decades mm-hmm. without a playoff appearance. Um, how do you, if you're the Astros, like going into this, you know, you're the team that everyone expects to win. You're the team that really probably should win given everything else. How do you sort of combat that, uh, you know, that, that thing that, the, that Seattle, that sort of magic that they sort of seem to have going into this postseason?
1: I do think they're on a roll. They are playing very good baseball. Mm-hmm. The addition of Luis Castillo, and that's a guy you got to remember. Let's go back during the season, and just kind of recap a little bit where the yeah. Astros are twelve and seven against the Mariners. They Mariners probably played the Astros the toughest, other than the Oakland A's, but they're they've gone by the wayside <laughs> amazingly. <laughs> right. Uh, but twelve and seven, only an eight-run run differential between them during the course of the season. The Astros at uh, at man, I almost called it Safeco Field. Was it now AT and T something or other? Whatever but it they is were, now. Yeah, they were five and four up in Seattle with a negative thirteen run differential. But at home, seven and three with a plus twenty-one. So they play extremely well at home. The last time they played the Mariners was all the way back in July thirty-first. So there's been a pretty good amount of time between both teams. And they have the addition of Luis Castillo, but at the same time, the Astros have the addition of Lance McCullers Jr. So there's some interesting factors going into this, but I agree with you in this sense that the emotion is there for the Seattle Mariners because they haven't been there in 21 years. They've got the entire city revved up. They're actually selling out their ballpark for the first time literally in 21 years, which is kind of exciting to see. And they've actually put themselves in a position where they can Kind of rock the boat a little bit. They finished 16 yeah. games behind the Houston Astros, but they only have to be one game better than the Astros in a five game series. So it, it should be pretty interesting. And you know as well as I do that there, are you know, familiarity breeds contempt. And I think there is yeah. a little bit of angst in the yeah. series and anxiety because they have faced each other so much and they know so much about each other.
0: Yeah. And you also think the Mariners are one of those teams that they're not above, you know, throwing at a guy on occasion like they're Mm -hmm. not above the intimidation factor i mean scott service is you know a friend of mine messaged me before this and was like uh my good friend katya who sent me a bunch of amazing stats i'm going to talk a little bit about those she's a huge lifelong astros fan (laughs) her last part was she just wrote parting shot scott service is a jerk so it's like (laughs) (laughs) you know um they're 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 a feisty team you know that's one Mm -hmm. of the things about them and you know the astros are pretty quiet reserve team outside of a couple of guys but you get the sense that the astros have that sort of they want to squash your dreams they just might not talk about it as much but they're the type of team that want you know there's a i always remember the simpsons episode where homer fought uh, the, the mike tyson character and uh and the and the mike tyson character before it says I'm going to make orphans of his children. And they said, well, you know, they they do have a mother. He goes, I assume she would die from grief. Like, I feel like that's kind of (laughs) the way the Astros are a little bit. They want to like crush your dreams. They just kind of do it quietly. And I feel like that's some of the intensity they're going to have to have going into this. They're going to have to continue to carry that chip on their shoulder that they clearly carry. I feel like that's going to be an important thing for them. That's their emotion.
1: Yeah, and they've been doing it for years now. You know, yeah. it, it it was in 2017 when they, when they were the underdog, when they actually right. won the World Series and knocked off the mighty, uh, mighty Dodgers. Uh, mm-hmm. So a lot of people, all of a sudden, they've got that, you know, that target on their back. And then obviously Rob Manfred put an extra target on their back with the situation he created. Yep. And these guys have been playing uphill the entire, you know, last five, six years just because of that stigma that's carried with them and they've carried it i don't want to say grace but they've carried it with a certain level of we we know you hate us we don't care we're going to go out and win ball games and we're not going to we're not going to you know throw it back in your face we're just going to say that's what we were supposed to do and i think that's kind of that workman mentality that the astros have is that we're better than you we're going to play harder than you we're going to prepare better than you and when we beat you we're not going to be surprised. We're just going to move on to the next opponent. And I think that's where you kind of get frustrated with the Astros if you're on the opposing side because the Seattle Mariners are going to come in, yeah, we're going to knock the Astros off. They're going to get, you know, hyped up about the whole situation. And then hopefully if everything goes in the Astros' direction, which it should, they're going to be like, damn, they did it again, you know?
0: Yeah, it is. They do seem like teams come in guns a blazing and the astros just kind of they they're they're neo in the matrix you know they just put yeah. their hand up and all the bullets stop in the air and that, that's got to be frustrating you if you look at these matchups though between these two teams i mean the astros clearly have the advantage in starting pitching um i like the astros have the advantage against virtually any team in baseball except maybe the dodgers when it comes to starting pitching um, the bullpen though is interesting uh, the Mariners have a, have a pretty solid bullpen, they've got the one kid that throws like 100 miles an hour um, and uh, but when you factor in the fact that also the Astros will be throwing some of their uh, starters out of the bullpen as well, it kind of levels the playing field and, and makes these teams a, a pretty interesting and competitive how do you see those matchups when it comes to once the starter gets, gets taken out?
1: Well, the bullpen matchups just you know against the Seattle Mariners on the season, the Astros have a three five three ERA. The the opponent, the Seattle Mariners, had a four one five against the Astros this season. Uh, th- those were the starters. The bullpen for the Astros actually had a three o four and actually held the Seattle Mariners to a one fifty one batting average. Wow! And I think that's what's fascinating to me because. As good as the Seattle Mariner bullpen was against the Astros this season because it was mm-hmm. the starters for the Mariners that actually got beat around a little bit. And you know as well as I do, when the starter when the Astros knock the starter out of the game, oh, yeah. they it's usually trouble. have a lead and their bullpen comes in, shuts the door. They don't have to score any more runs. It's basically right. how it's gone throughout the course of the season. But uh, you know, the bullpen I think favors the Astros just in the sense of in what we saw in that ball in that uh I don't know why I keep wanting to say Baltimore, but in that uh, Mariners Blue Jays series, is the fact that one of their most consistent guys in Seawald came in and just basically blew up, giving yep. up four runs, I believe, in a third or two thirds of an inning, hitting a right. guy. I mean, it was it was borderline out of control, right? but you've got a veteran out there in Diego Castillo who's faced the Astros a ton in the postseason with the Tampa Bay Rays in six games against the Astros in the postseason two saves and a 1.23 ERA wow. and the guy you're talking about is Andres Munoz Andres who comes Munoz, in there you go comes in blazing with a hundred to a hundred and three mile an hour fastball and service actually a Abused him in those first two games against the Blue Jays, yeah, throwing him two and two thirds, and he only gave up a hit and zero earned runs. So I think he's that guy, Munoz, is kind of a, 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 you know, kind of jumped into the picture a little bit and been that go to guy for service. So it'll be interesting to see how he used the bullpen because he's not afraid to go out there and abuse those guys.
0: Yeah. And and I think one thing that you, you bring up and you talk about having runs, I think something that uh, was brought to my attention through some of these stats, or even some of the reading, looking I did is that really the Astros are phenomenal when they're ahead. When they are, yeah. when they're leading, they're, but when they're behind, not so much. You know, the stat that was really eye popping when they go into the ninth trailing, the Astros were two and 47 this year. They were 28th in baseball and runs in the ninth inning, whereas Seattle was fourth. In baseball, also Seattle won more one-run games than any team in baseball this year. Again, um, they're just—I mean, they're—they're they're good in those pressure situations. The Astros tend to roll over guys. Also, interestingly enough, the Astros very, very good in games when they do well in the first inning. When they're yeah. kind of a first-inning ball club, when they get out to a lead, it's difficult to stop them. Frankly, once they get out to a lead it's the games where they're really close down the stretch where things can get a little bit dicey. So I think what the Astros are going to have to do really offensively is they're going to have to step on these guys early. They're going to have to hit the gas early. I mean, we've got the, you know, the Jose Altuve, one of the best leadoff home run hitters in baseball. Um, So you've got to wonder, like, I feel like a lot of these games are going to be won and lost early, um, depending on what happens. I think we might see a couple of games where the Astros win by three or four runs just because they're able to get out to an early start.
1: No, I, I completely agree with you. I think it is going to have it's going to be in those first 5 innings is where you see these games decided, especially if it's in the Astros' favor because if they're right. able to get out there and get that early lead, we've seen them. What's interesting to me with the Astros is down the stretch, we, we you know, obviously Altuve was on fire, Jordan Alvarez was on fire. Mm-hmm. But we've actually seen first innings where it's been a bunt and a blast for the Astros, yep. where they're kind of playing a little bit of the small ball, and then they get the big tank that goes out of the ballpark, and all of a sudden the game's out yeah. of hand. Starting pitching comes in, does their thing. Bullpen shuts it out. And I think they're going to have to carry that kind of that same idea. And the Astros, you've got to remember, second in home runs – second to last in striking out per you know strikeouts per game and that is a lethal combination when you do have a team who's trying to fight to beat you because they almost have to be perfect against your offense to go out there and win ball games and if you're not The Astros will take their walks. They'll take their base hit the other way. They'll move a guy over, take the sack fly in the first inning and put one run up. And then by the time they come through in that second time in the order, it's walk, walk, base hit, blast. Oh, God, what just happened? We're down four. And (laughs) that's to your point where the bullpen comes in a little bit later and shuts this thing out.
0: Yeah, I think that you know there's so many interesting numbers when you look at the Astros in terms of how they ma- how they get runs because you don't think of the Astros as a manufacturing runs type of team, but they really <laughs> kind of are. You know, what I mean, they, they do hit the long ball. They but they are a team that takes what's given to them. They're, they will take walks. You know, they one of the things that I thought was interesting too is as a pitch as a team defensively in pitching, it, it, when it comes to fly balls. They give up fewer home runs per fly balls Mm -hmm. than any team in baseball – So there's just so many little things that the Astros do that drive you bonkers. They're great (laughs) defensively, which I think is going to be a key in this series. I think a lot of people don't talk about the importance of defense. But when you look at it, look, the Astros have huge defensive advantages at certain key positions. Certainly in the outfield, they have a huge advantage defensively. At shortstop, where Jeremy Pena is much better than Crawford. And Mm -hmm. frankly, behind the dish. I mean... You know, they've got good hitting behind the dish, but we've got the two best defensive catchers in baseball. So I think when you put those things together, you really do add up to something that just makes the Astros naturally better. It doesn't mean they're going to win, no, but it definitely gives them advantages that the the Mariners are going to have to battle against. And like you said, they have to be perfect, you know, whereas um, the Astros probably can play without being perfect and still win games.
1: No, I think you're absolutely right in that sense. And that's what I was talking about, too. It's not just on the pitching side because, you know, just take the game one starter, for instance, Logan Gilbert. He's got phenomenal mm-hmm. stuff. He's young. He's energetic. He's got this, you know, this mentality on the mound that I'm going to blow your doors off. But if he ramps up and gets overly excited and right. tries to throw 100 miles an hour every pitch and he starts to miss, not even just – I'm not talking big misses off the plate. I'm right. talking if he starts to nibble and if those nibbles don't go his way – Then all of a sudden, he's 2-1, 3-1, 3-0, 3-2. Not only does that get your pitch count up, it forces you to throw a better pitch out over the plate because you're trying to throw a strike. And what happens with that is when the Astros get dialed in, all of a sudden, they start to smash some of these mistakes. And then you start to frustrate, and maybe that emotion kind of tilts the other way. And a guy gets frustrated, and he becomes even more wild, not just out of the zone, but in the zone. And that's where I think that in the past... That's where the Astros have really frustrated very good pitching yeah. staffs in the postseason is by not expanding and hitting their pitches and forcing that pitcher to throw them pitches they can hit.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. I I'm I'm amazed by the Astros' uh discipline and oh. their ability to just say, you know what? I'm not gonna swing at a pitch that I can't hit, even if that means I might get struck out on it. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna take I'm not gonna expand my zone. I'm going to wait until you make a mistake. But more importantly than even that is when you do make a mistake, I'm going to crush it, right? They're going to barrel that ball up. I don't know how they do it, but it's really impressive.
1: It is, and I think some of the advantage too and what the Astros – you know, I would imagine their mentality going into this game is see how many pitches they can put on that starting rotation for the yes. Seattle Mariners, hundred percent. Because if you, you know, we just talked about Andres Munoz, we've talked about a Diego Castillo. What those guys are 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 high leverage guys. They're not going to yep. come in in the fourth, fifth, sixth, the seventh innings. I think if the Astros really have an opportunity, they beat up on that starter, put three, four runs on that starter, knock him out in the fourth or fifth inning, and then leave Scott Service trying to figure out how he's going to create a bridge to get to those guys right. or. Create an opportunity where you can keep the Astros offense where it's at and allow your team to come back. But I'm not sure they have those bridge guys in the middle that can go out there and do that.
0: Yeah, I wonder what he's going to do if he gets a guy that, you know, gives up three or four runs, you know, because you know how it is in the postseason. Everybody's got a short leash. Um, But I kind of wonder if service is going to be able to have a short leash. I mean, I don't know that he has. I mean, because you can't, like you said, you can't bring in your high leverage guys and take them out if, because especially with a team that does come back frequently like mm-hmm. they do, he's got to try and hold on as best he can and hold on to those guys for when you need them late innings. Um, I think one really interesting matchup in this, or I should say a pair of matchups against the Astros, are going to be Julio Rodriguez and Ty France. Oof. Um Ty France has crushed the Astros this year. He has driven the Astros bonkers. but
1: That might be an understatement, man. That guy is unbelievable against the Astros.
0: (laughs) But he's not been great since the All-Star game. Since the All-Star game, he's only hitting .229. Um, He's basically gone kind of the opposite direction of where uh, uh, Rodriguez has gone, who's gotten better since the Mm All-Star break. Um, But both of those guys, to me... This is a. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but it feels to me like the Mariners have a team that is top heavy offensively. They've got some really, they've got some great hitters, some really uh, quality at bats. But as you get into down the lineup, you don't have quite the. You know, you've got a couple of guys they have out with injury. um, You know, a couple of guys that have been struggling a bit going down the stretch. They don't seem to have that sort of lineup where you can you can pitch around some of these guys a little bit. Um, and, I mean, you don't want to walk anybody, obviously. Walks are to death knell. But it does feel like they cannot give up, you know, uh, just they don't have to groove pitches to guys. Um, and I don't yeah. know. Maybe that's me. But it does feel like they don't quite have the offensive power.
1: Well, well here you go. Just for, for Ty France, for reference sake, because when the Astros play the Mariners, I think the one guy you're like, damn, that Ty France guy is up again uh yeah. this season or the last two seasons 350 958 ops seven home runs and 20 rbis so i Ugh. think to your point what you're talking about is how do you pitch to these guys and not allow them the free pass because obviously like you said free passes in the postseason always seem to come back to haunt yeah, you Yeah, they do so you and you don't want to give guys opportunities later in that lineup uh, opportunities with guys on base because if they do right. freak out broken bat you know blue pit Mm-hmm. run score you're frustrated but uh, I think that the Astros are would be more than willing to give up that base hit the opposite way you know force him to swing his way on but just let him just let him get that base hit and move on and force him to swing at some pitches right. Um, J.P. Crawford's been a pain in the ass the last couple of years, too. <laughs> he
0: really has. He's
1: hitting two eighty-four, but he doesn't do it with damage. And I think what's interesting, yeah. I think he's hitting ninth. He'll just slap it the other way. He's not right. even trying. He's just like, Dink, I'm going to get on base. I'm going to steal a bag. I'm going to get on right. for the guys, turn that lineup over, score some runs. Uh, that's where it's frustrating. So you got to be careful with some of those guys. But yeah. I agree with you that Julio Rodriguez is obviously a big key in this lineup. If he's not going, I, I think don't so. think this lineup goes, and they get a little frustrated. Um Mitch Haniger, I think Mitch Haniger. You've yeah. got to keep your eye on him too because he's got flashes of uh, of taking over a game, you know, in the yeah. past. And oh, if for you sure. take a nap on him, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna do some damage. Uh, but Cal Raleigh's been on fire. Was just man. just about
0: to, I was just about Jeez. to say Cal, what do they call him? Dump trucks or something? I forget. Big dumper. It big. Du-
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm that's be- better than big pooper, but big dumper, <laughs> man. I mean, this guy.
0: I mean the guy. I mean, look, he does have dumps <laughs> like a truck, truck, truck. You know. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. But yeah, that guy's been that's, and he's sort of an emotional guy. I mean, he's like a guy that really gives him like an emotional lift because he is big at bats. Yes, he has. He's got 27 home runs this year. I mean, he's mm-hmm. not a great defensive catcher, but the guy hits, and so yeah, they do have a few guys. To me, I, I'm I'm so with you on the idea that you just don't want to give up the big hits to guys go ahead mm-hmm. let him get a single here or there let your defense put let him put the ball on the ground let your defense play behind you
1: well it, it's just a one more note on Cal Raleigh his last 11 games he has a 12 11 OPS so he's kind of been that thunder stick in the middle of their lineup wow. uh hit that home run to put him into the playoffs hit, hit yeah. that home run to you know beat the beat the Blue Jays in the first game but uh yeah, these the, the man. I forgot what I was going to say, unfortunately. But uh, <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. No. Oh, I was going to say this. Don't you in, in the playoffs? You want to force teams to get three and four hits per inning to beat you. Do you realize how hard that is against a oh, yeah. pitching staff like the Astros? So it forces those guys to have better at bats to to put swings on pitches, but to get four hits in an inning to score two or more runs is really hard to do. And that's to your point about limiting that one big swing is force these guys to go out there and get three, four hits to drive in runs.
0: Right. And the Astros are great at turning the double play. Um, that should Mm -hmm. you know, that's definitely something that will help them. Uh, you know, just a quick note about this. I know there's been some guys that have been sick with the team, I mean, it, yeah. Have we heard anything about that? I know they were hesitant to release their uh, starter for Game Two. I mean, what's going on with I'm, that, <laughs> dude?
1: I, I seriously hope <laughs> it's some kind of postseason ploy or smoke yeah. and you know some kind of uh, camouflage for what they're actually trying to do, and just kind of ambush the Mariners with their rotation right. and what they're able to do. I hope there's. You know, it's been five days off for the Astros. Uh, Lance McCullers yeah. missed a couple of starts being sick. I don't know if it's running through the clubhouse. I hope mm. it's run through the clubhouse, not no r- currently running <laughs> running through no the doubt. clubhouse. I, yeah, but, that's uh, the
0: last thing you need is for a bunch of guys to be sick going into the postseason.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, I don't, I don't know where that stands because. I, You know, This is not the ideal moment to to falter with sickness just because of health reasons, uh, stamina, fatigue, whatever it is. You you really hope that these guys are all right. But I know that this training staff for the Astros is is uh, hyper-aggressive in treating guys and making sure they're right. So I'm hoping it was just kind of like, hey, you know what? We were a little sick there, and uh, we're going to manipulate our rotation a little bit or roster uh, accordingly. But uh, I'm hoping it's just a a storyline that goes by the wayside when this game starts today.
0: Agreed. So one quick other note about uh, Julio Rodriguez, which I think is a really interesting one, is that he has been outstanding in the first and the ninth, but not particularly good in the second through the eighth. Uh, My friend again sent me these stats. In the first inning, his OPS is 1.278, and in the ninth, it's 1.076. But in the eighth, through the, in the second through the eighth, he ranges from about 596 to about 800. So not wow. a guy that is hitting a ton in those middle innings. And I feel like the Astros live for the middle innings, right? I mean, they're good mm-hmm. in the first, obviously, but they really live for those. They're one of those teams that's just consistently putting pressure on you. And the Mariners seem like one of those teams that really is just it, – it, which it seems to me almost an emotional thing, Right you know mm-hmm. huge energy out of the gate huge energy as the game gets to the end but if the astros are going to if the astros are going to beat this team and i still think they will to me one of the keys is that consistent pressure on the mariners pitching that consistent yep. you know just like you said just get a get a run here a run there you know eventually they're going to get a crooked inning somewhere right they're going to Mm -hmm. put up a crooked number somewhere but you just feel like it's just that just that constant pressure just constantly putting it on there forcing them to keep put trying to strain and because they're going to expand their zone and or try to against guys like Verlander and it's probably not going to work out very well so that to me is is one of the real keys here is just that offensive pressure on those guys.
1: Well, J, you know, JV, it's going to be really interesting. JV's faced the right. Seattle Mariners six times this season. He did have that one blow-up game out there in Seattle where he gave up six runs. Right. But from that point on, I think he gave up one run in the next four starts. Right. You know, each start he gave up one run in those next four. But right. he also had a 12-punch-out game. Yep. He... And the way he finished the season, that last outing he had Mm. where the slider looked absolutely blistering and abusive, if he's able to bring that slider back, that's a weapon that the Seattle Mariners, even as well as JV Pitch, really didn't see at the peak. Mm They just saw a they saw a good version of the slider, but they didn't see that bastard you know down and away <laughs> slider that he has now. And yeah. I think it could result in like you said, if they start to expand or they start to panic just even a little bit, they're going to chase that heater that rushes through the zone at the top, and then all of a sudden they're going to have to try and compete with that slider down, yeah. and it could really create some issues with the swing and miss. And if if they start to swing early and often and panic a little bit, it's going to be a high swing and miss night for uh, or afternoon for JV.
0: Yeah, I'm going to be real interesting. To, I'm going to be real interested to see where how Verlander comes out in the first inning. He's a guy mm-hmm. that he tends to set the tone early. He doesn't mess around, and I feel like this. This, you know, we talk about the sort of emotional uh, element for Seattle. That can be a bad thing too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, keeping your your especially in baseball, keeping your emotions in check is pretty critical. I mean, Lord knows. Maybe the least emotional guy you'll ever see, uh, at least from the outside, was Craig Biggio. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I've ever heard someone repeat the same quote over and over as much as him. And uh, you know, uh, but the, he just got it. He just got it done when he was out there. And I feel like this Astros. That that's this team. They're just like, listen. Yeah. You're not going to hear hear us. You know, saying crazy things. You're not going to see us doing crazy things. We're just going to go out there, and pummel you quietly. And, um, you know, you said it earlier, all of a sudden you're like, uh, everything seems, is just going along. Next thing you know, you look up and you're down three or four runs and, and it's all just been that consistent. So I feel like if the Astros are going to win the series, I think that's going to be what they need. Just that same demeanor. Go into it workmanlike, as you said, and take it that way and that, that take out the emotion. I Take the emotion out of the equation.
1: Yeah, and you've got to remember too, as much as we complain about some of these uh these day games, the Astros yeah. have been phenomenal during day games. They They're really almost have been. they've almost scored five runs a game during the day and then trying to wake up early enough to face a Justin Verlander is really tough. But overall, the Astros pitching staff has a 2.35 ERA during those day games. So as as awful as it is for us to try and get to a game at 237, the Astros (laughs) don't mind showing up at that time.
0: (laughs) I'm telling you, I tell you that that's that's a good point, day games. And look, Minute Maid Park is typically full during day games. I don't know, people Mm -hmm. just, you know, people take the day. Look, and in Houston, let's be honest, how many bosses are really going to be like what are you doing like I'm going to the I'm going to ask Oh okay. You know there's yeah, they there's, there's a little, There's plenty of people in this town who love that. Um, all right Blummer you got a prediction for this one?
1: Yeah, I do think it obviously I'm you know we're we're not we're just biased. overly biased. We're, we're believers. And uh, the reason right. we're believers is because the pitching is so good and if <sighs> If the pitching does what the pitching is supposed to do, I don't care what the offense is doing because if the pitching is good enough and they continue to do what they've done against the Seattle Mariners, the Astros are going to win. If not in three, I'm saying four. I do think that you know maybe that first game in Seattle, right? they get a little bit of a boost. But the only thing that worries me is when they go to Seattle, is that the pitching for the Seattle Mariners after you get past Logan Gilbert and Luis Castillo, yeah. then what? That's the right. biggest issue. So if you're able to take Game 1, Game 2, really squash the hopes and dreams... But if you get to Seattle, you lose one game. I get it because of the emotional, the yeah. atmosphere. They're going to be energized. But at the same time, you're either facing Fromber or Lance McCullers Jr., so good luck right. with that, Seattle. <laughs> um, but uh, I think it's going to be the Astros in in four, if not three. I think it's not going to get past game four because if it does, it's going to get back to Justin Verlander. And if you go five games, I think it always favors uh, the, the home team, which is going right. to be the Astros. The big key for me is going to be believe it or not this sounds crazy is going to be Kyle Tucker Kyle Tucker did not he he got to his 30 home runs he got his 100 and you know whatever RBIs which is yeah. ridiculous but he didn't like finish as strong as I think he wanted to and I think there's going to be a little extra with Kyle Tucker I think he's going to be your ALDS MVP if it's not Justin Verlander for throwing seven shutty with like eight, 10, eight to ten strikeouts but keep an eye on Kyle Tucker for me I think he's that wild card that might put the Astros over the top
0: that's a really good point. You know, I think it's hard it's weird to say this, and I think I've said it on here before. You sometimes forget about Kyle Tucker. I don't know how Crazy, you can right? forget about dude, one of the is best right fielders awesome. in baseball. I don't know how yes. you can forget about the guy. But yet he's just like he's just like this guy that just shows up and you're just like, Oh right, Kyle Tucker. Right? It's like well, oh, then, yeah, how, how about
1: being yeah, how about being on the other team? You're sitting there going, Okay, Tuve, Peña, Alvarez, Bregman. Brinkman. Whew, okay. Oh damn! I left Tucker. that curveball up and and it's it's in the second deck in right field. And you're going, who the hell hit that? And you're like, damn it! It's that guy again, Kyle Tucker. It's Kyle
0: Tucker. I, you know, that's <laughs> that's a really good point. I, I think to me, I feel like uh, the for me, the key in this series is going to be Jose Altuve. Um, I think I like because it. he has such an ability to set a tone. Um, early, he's great in the postseason. He's got what is it, twenty-three postseason home runs or whatever it is. He's like a he's the second a D- most
1: all time in Major League Baseball history. He's just he has a chance and, to beat Manny Ramirez this year. Unbelievable! Think and about he that. Loves
0: hitting in Seattle uh, when he oh, yeah. has hit there. Um, yep. He's just a guy. I feel like he's a guy that can just set the tone early. He's he's also the leader on this team. He keeps these guys together. 100%. Um, and, you know, one of my big worries, if I'm Seattle, is that Seattle relies so heavily on their rookie to mm-hmm. not just set the tone emotionally, but to get hits and, you know, to play defense. The Astros have a great rookie themselves, but they don't rely on Jeremy Pena. They don't no. need him to be great for them to be great. And I think that Mariners need Julio Rodriguez to be great for them to be Excellent great. Point. And, and I think that's what we're going to see. I'm picking them in four as well. I honestly think the the key game for them could be game 2 when they've got Castillo on the mound. Um that's a yeah, game Yeah, that's the you, race. You're right. Yeah. You could see them shut down in uh the Astros maybe in game 2, but I also feel like the Astros are just not going to go to Seattle and be affected i think if they're affected in any way by that crowd it's going to be the reverse i think they're going to just like they're you know it's going to be that hate us thing you know i just hope someone blows up a trash can and throws that on the field i would love that just bring back the bring back the inflatable trash cans somebody hold up a sign Mm -hmm. with a buzzer i dare them I dare them <laughs> to say something to Jose Altuve. Truly, yeah, I really because that just please. takes that
1: fuel tank from from oh. about halfway to full in a heartbeat.
0: It's just he's he's the wrong guy. You know, it's like it's I like know. messing with Michael Jordan. Just don't, just don't leave him yeah. alone. Be nice to him. Or at least for me, but yeah, I'm I'm totally with you. So Blumberg, you're gonna be you're gonna be saying play ball today. Is that what I understand?
1: Yeah, me me and TK get to be the nice. play ball kids today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> are you gonna do it in a high voice? or Are you gonna just stick with your uh, with your uh, tenor?
1: I'm going to do the same thing I do throughout every game that I broadcast with Todd Callis. I'm going to follow his lead. (laughs) (laughs) That seems like a smart move. All right. Well, thanks, everybody,
0: for joining us. Uh, We will be back towards the end of this week. Uh, to talk about what has happened already in the ALDS. Hopefully by that point we'll be coming up on a game three and and getting out our brooms. We will find out. Uh, lots more to come this postseason. Uh, remember this that uh, go visit Bet Online, uh, our sponsor. Um, obviously we want you to join us in these. Send us your questions. Give us a follow. Drop a comment. Hit the subscribe button on YouTube. <clears throat> and obviously fans. Look, enjoy these post this postseason. This is the golden era of Astros baseball. This is perhaps the best team that the Astros have fielded in the last six seasons. It doesn't mean they're going to win at all, but it certainly means you should be out there watching them. If you've got to work today, I feel for you. Get the you know get the broadcast on. Listen to it on the radio. Sparks and uh, Robert Ford will, I'm sure, be fantastic as always. But if you can get in front of a TV, turn that thing on, and if you even better, if you can get to the ballpark, get down there, wear orange, and yell. Uh, the more, the merrier. And uh, enjoy it. And we will be back later this week. Obviously, go Astros.